By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. Not by the signs and the wonders and the miracles, though they certainly give glory to God and manifest his glory, but by their love. Hallelujah. I really believe that this increase of fruitfulness that we are um, experiencing is something that the Lord has determined for us, that it's his desire and his will to see us. Praise the Lord, you prisoners of hope. Hearing the Holy Spirit declare, I will restore double to you. And you'll see fruitfulness, double fruitfulness in the land of your suffering. Praise the Lord. And I believe as you bring to him those things that have been pain, shame, and disgrace, he is releasing the double, amen? And I'm seeing this double, double fruitfulness everywhere. This morning as we were eating breakfast, I mentioned to Tom, what's this fruit on this tree on the balcony out here? There's some pretty things. What, what is that? We went outside and it's a Brazilian cherry. And there's two of them. There's two of these. And we've been in this house probably 12 years and it's never fruited. And it's this abundance of these beautiful Brazilian cherries right on the balcony there for us to pick and eat and enjoy. Right in the same year that the Lord's opening the doors to Brazil and my books are being translated in Portuguese. And I felt the Lord speaking again, I am releasing the double fruitfulness. And in this idea of fruitfulness, the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me and encouraging me. I know we just recently saw an amazing um, miracle that we shared about it at one of our miracle meetings this year, a lady came who only had half a womb and one fallopian tube. The doctors had the scans to show that yes, half a womb, one fallopian tube. And now she came for, for prayer, felt the fire of God on her belly, and she's gone back to have scans to say she now has a complete womb and two fallopian tubes and nothing wrong with her. An amazing creative miracle. But the womb speaks of fruitfulness, double fruitfulness, and that the Lord is enlarging our capacity to carry to term the promises of God, to persevere right through to the end. But the doctors had said if you ever fell pregnant, it would be life-threatening. You'd never be able to carry a baby to term because you need a whole womb, not half a womb. And I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking about that prophetically to us, that he's, he's enlarging our capacity. Sing, O barren, you who've not born. Stretch out your tent pegs. Enlarge your capacity to dream and to believe. What will the Lord do? The exceedingly, abundantly above all you can ask, hope, or imagine. We're stepping into it. We'll be as those who dreamed. Hallelujah. And I've been talking about it um, as I've been wrestling with an assignment I'm doing at the moment. God bless me, help me, Jesus. Everybody say, help, Catherine. I'm doing this this term paper for my doctorate at the moment on um, uh, the uh, uh, theological impacts and controversies of the different moves of revival from the 16th century right through to the present day. And as I'm looking at this, I think, oh God, help me, help me, God. I haven't had to do academic writing for 
decades. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In the middle of the night as I'm wrestling with it, he, I, I, I read the Bible. It's a good place to go. Second Peter chapter 1 says, make every effort to add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. And I, and I looked up knowledge and knowledge means understanding that you can speak about and defend. And I thought, oh, that's good. Okay, yes, I can do this. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. But as I was going through it, I thought I'm at the end of this uh, picture of all these different moves of God, the significant worldwide impacting moves of God. I just wrote in on the end there on my notes thinking, I better put in here 2022, the Australian revival. I've been talking this week with some leaders from around the nation. I was speaking with Corey Turner this week from Melbourne down in Numa Church. They're also experiencing the breath of God and a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit in revival. It's talking with Dan Hagen and Tim Hall. and it's, it's happening. What we have long dreamt about is upon us, this healing wave. And we're seeing the gifts of the Spirit in a, a way we haven't experienced before. We're seeing a freedom and a joy and creative miracles at a level where it's not just one or two, but exponential increase. It's, it's just begun and it's going to increase and, cre and increase. We're going to see double fruitfulness in the land of our suffering. Hallelujah. God is going to uh, cause great fruitfulness. And in the midst of all of the the glorious things God's doing. We need to be in agreement. Pastor Aaron preached an incredible word about miracles last week. It's so good. We need to be agreeing. We need to be intentionally looking and seeing and stepping out in faith. But, you know, the Holy Spirit, He brings the gifts of the Spirit and He brings the fruits of the Spirit. It's like the beautiful wings of a dove. They tell us that most birds have between nine and 11 um, primary flight feathers, but doves are one of those birds that have nine primary flight feathers on both wings. And people like to talk about that as the, the gifts of the Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit. But I believe as we are stepping into this, whoa, we're gonna be as those dreamed. We're stepping into the place where it's, we've dreamt about this so long, it's like we're not even, emotionally, spiritually able to comprehend what the Lord's about to do. He says that, no eye has seen, hallelujah. But he is revealing it and it's glorious. And in the midst of it though, I believe he's also wanting to balance us with the fruits of the Spirit in a really powerful way, increasing our fruitfulness so that we can sustain the outpouring of the gifts of the Spirit in a really powerful and important way. And uh, oh, we've been talking with the prophets about what the Holy Spirit is doing and this move of God, this wave of His Spirit. We've been talking about um, Joel chapter 2 and chapter 3 and, and lift up your heads, O ye gates, that the King of glory may come in. And as our focus is on Him, as we're lifting up our heads to see Him, the King of glory is coming on the invitation of our focus. Hallelujah. As we're opening up the gates, as we're lifting up the head. Hallelujah. Jesus, the King of glory. 
glory is coming in and the train of his robe fills the temple. It's just continuous infilling the oil and the wine being poured out without measure. It's glorious and it's overwhelming. And we must give him our focus, hallelujah. And the result of that focus too though is going to bring increased fruitfulness in the fruits of the spirit, hallelujah. And so it's, it's a beautiful thing. So I wanted to share with you what the Holy Spirit was showing me, and I feel it's, it's what the Lord wants me to speak about uh, today. We're going to go to 2 Peter chapter 1, and um, I, I just believe the Holy Spirit wants to encourage you. I like Peter. Peter, I, I can relate to Peter in a lot of ways, in that um, actually there was a prophetic word given um, uh, that someone gave me, Meg gave me. It was a beautiful word. It was an unusual picture. She said, I see you, I see you like a cactus. Hallelujah. It's not tremendously flattering, but that's okay. Cactuses are full of water and they thrive in the desert. Hallelujah. But, um, and I saw this cactus full of bees. And I went, this is not getting better. And I saw your mouth full of bees. And, and actually when things happened, you could release the bees and the bees would attack it and destroy it and dismantle it. But the Lord was saying, hold it, hold it in your mouth because the bees are going to create a hive that's going to create honey and the honey is going to bring the healing. And I liked it so much because I thought, yes, a, a closed mouth gathers no foot. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Just like Peter who can sometimes... You know, if I get passionate about something, I could probably, you know, dismantle it with an argument with my words, but it's not always a demonstration of the fruits of the Spirit. We need to, we need to not just love to speak the truth, but to speak the truth in love. Hallelujah. And so I do, I appreciate Peter, and Peter's learned so much wisdom. He's, he's speaking here in Second Peter, verse 1. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who, obtained, who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Like precious faith. We have the faith of Jesus. Hallelujah. Who else has the faith of Jesus? It's the gift of God. <laughs> Thank God. He gives us everything. We're dependent on him for everything. He gives us faith for salvation. He gives us faith. <gasps> and it's glorious. The like precious faith. Hallelujah. Of Jesus. It's so beautiful. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. Yes, to me. This is living. It's a glorious word. So you can actually respond as I'm saying it. You can, you can respond and say, yes, be it unto me. Grace and peace be multiplied to me. Does anyone need peace multiplied to them right now? Yes, grace and peace be multiplied to me. You can pray that in faith knowing that it's the will of God and you can have whatever he, you ask according to the will of God. It's a good one to pray every day, I think. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which love has been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. 
but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, say all diligence. Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge. Emily and I are doing that. Emily's doing her master's too, so we keep encouraging ourselves. Come on, we're, with all diligence, we're adding to our faith knowledge. Thank you, God. We're the, yes, yes, we're encouraging ourselves. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. For if all these things are yours and abound, you'll neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I've written about this passage. I love this passage. I love to talk about this passage in the light of understanding that if we forget what he's given us, we, we are like people who are blind. We need to look at him and remember what we look like. We need to remember that as he is, so are we in this world. But sometimes you can look at a passage through a past revelation that you've had and miss the richness of what God is wanting to speak to you now. And so we need to be innocent in our, in our reading of the Word of God so that we read it every day as though it's, we're reading it for the first time, not jumping to conclusions, but actually looking. That's why it's good sometimes to slow down with the Scripture and not just jump to the next thing that you know and that you're excited about, but to actually look and see the treasures that have been hidden there for us. Hallelujah. So I wanted to have a look at this. Add to your faith virtue. Well, we read about the virtuous woman in, in Proverbs, hallelujah, 31. We read about the virtuous woman. We, virtue, we, we normally identify with purity, the, the virtuous woman, hallelujah. But as I looked up the word virtue, and certainly it is that. It, it's purity and it's beautiful and it's, it's glorious. But the, the word virtue in Hebrew is quite interesting. Would you like to know what, what I found? Excellent. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Excellent. Good. Yes. Virtue. Well, all, by all means, add, you know, with all diligence, that is actually with all speed, with all haste, with all earnestness, actually, that, so what it's meaning is there, with hastily and eagerly, make it your focused goal to add to your faith virtue. And virtue here actually means manliness and valor, excellence, virtue, manliness. That struck me. I went, that's fascinating. It's the same word that by his glory and virtue, he did this. It was by his courage, by his manliness. It's, it's that concept of actually being willing to be bold and, and courageous and, and protective. This power uh, that the Lord has given us is virtue, is a gift of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit wants us to grab a hold of. It's something that the Holy Spirit wants us to walk in. And I liked the idea that it's actually talking about manliness and valor. Because sometimes we can get, we can read these words and go, okay, virtue, I'll try and be a good person. I'll try and do more. I'll try and be, I'll try and be virtuous. But when you think about manliness or, and valor, you begin to understand a different, a different way of understanding this word. 
And I remember when I met Tom, I, I think I was 17 and we married when we were 20. And one of the things I appreciated about Tom was his virtue in that he was, he would do the right thing because it was the right thing. And, and he was just solid in that. You could always depend on him to do the right thing at the right, in, the, in the right place at the right time. And he'd just do it because it was right. There's sort of a sense of nobility. I, I, I found that even this week. I had to, um, we had one of our relatives overseas. Um, my brother's getting married. And uh, he had, unfortunately, he had lost his job and he needs to pay for this wedding and none of us could go um, at the time that they were going to be having it. And, um, and so I told Tom and he says, all right, well, let's just give what we would have spent getting there and, and, we'll, and, we'll, and we'll give a gift. And I know that isn't out of the overflow or out of abundance because I've seen the bank accounts, but he does it because it's the right thing to do. And that's what virtue looks like. It's just done because it's the right thing to do. It's not done to, for the praise of man. It's just done because it's the right thing to do. That's what virtue looks like. And there's a Holy Spirit grace for people to exercise valor and manliness. It's stepping up to the plate because someone needs you to and you have the capacity to do it. It's not thinking about yourself. It's not egotistic or egocentric. It's not self-seeking. It's not entitled. It's just you do the right thing. You know, I, I think about I think about Rod Wormsley. You know, virtue. He just gets on with it. Does what needs to be done with a with a cheerful joy, because it's the right thing to do. And and you'd never hear about it because you know, it's not important. You just do the right thing. I look around the room and I see many of our men that you would describe like that. They've just got that, mm, they're virtuous. And it's a Holy Spirit nobility, a Holy Spirit sense of I'll, I'll, do, the, I'll do what's right because I have the capacity because the Holy Spirit's giving me I'm going to do what's right. Hallelujah. Damo is the same. We're all, all around the room. I can look and see you. And it's, it's, it's this idea of stepping up to the plate and doing the right thing no matter the cost to yourself. They're not doing it, uh, you know, to, to be able to put a Facebook post, see, look at me helping my neighbor. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not virtue. <laughs> it's doing it because it's the right thing to do. Hallelujah. And he says, make every effort, hastily run to make every effort to be, do, be like this, to add to your faith in Christ, the freedom that we have, this glorious salvation, uh, this glorious fruit of nobility, of manliness, of valor. Hallelujah. I, I think of that, um, that song, to fight for the right without question or pause, to be willing to march into hell for a heavenly cause. That's what virtue looks like, hallelujah. He's looking for the ones who'll step up to the plate and say yes, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can read about that in uh, Luke chapter 10, a chapter you've probably read in Sunday school but not one we hear a lot about. Luke chapter 10, verse 25 is the story of the Good Samaritan. 
On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, what's written in the law? How do you, react? How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Remember, Jesus said that sums up everything. Love him and then love others. Receive love and give it away. It's just the way of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah. And he says, you've answered correctly. Do this and you'll live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes. They beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. We can read this and go, yeah, yeah, that's good staple Christianity. But I believe we are heading into such a glorious season with the whirlwinds of God moving, with the outpouring of His Spirit and the outpouring of revival, that I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting us to, to, to be reminded, not forgetting the things, the elementary things, not forgetting the things that I have taught you, that we need to be intentional to remember I need, to add to, I need to have all diligence to add to my faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance. All these beautiful virtues of God are things that the Holy Spirit is giving us power to do in the day that we're hearing all the prophetic revelation, in the day that He's using us to heal the sick and raise the dead and see the glory manifest. He's giving us power to manifest the love of God in practical and demonstrable ways as well. Amen? Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit, He delights to, to lift us up and to strengthen us. A lot of people read this and they, they, there has been many who've gotten off track in time and they've, they've thought, all right, well, I can do this. I can't do that, but I can do this. And that's it's a, a good attitude, but the Lord isn't asking you to do anything in your own strength. He is looking for you to hear what the Lord is doing, to hear what the Father's saying, and to respond, regardless of what, whether it's comfortable, regardless of whether it makes sense to you, but actually hearing and obeying is what pleases the Lord. It's something we can't produce in ourselves, but we can choose to obey the virtuous promptings of the Holy Spirit and walk diligently 
in virtue. Walk diligently in the fruit and the character of Christ. Hallelujah. Today, I believe the Holy Spirit's wanting to help us, to remind us. Put on, clothe yourself with Christ. And this, this is who he is. This is what he looks like. Step into the virtue of God. Step into the faith of Jesus Christ. Make every effort to give your focus and your attention to following him wholeheartedly. You know, as we are providing the, the jars for the oil to come and be poured into, the capacity that we bring to the Lord is going to be something that we intentionally give our focus to. You see, in the day of his outpouring, the oil and the wine is being poured out, but those who will receive it and benefit from it are those who will hear and obey and shift their focus from the problems and the weight and the, and the troubles to the instruction. Hallelujah. Many people uh, put pressure on the prophets. Come on, tell us about this problem. Tell us what's going to happen. Are we going to have nuclear war? Is this going to happen? Da, 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 da. And while it's, it's, you know, the Holy Spirit will speak about different world events, the, the primary focus of the Father is not to tell you about what the devil is planning, but to tell you about what his instructions are so that you can receive the outpouring of the oil and the wine. Hallelujah. The supernatural provision, the supernatural grace that you can then pour out for others. The broken and the hurting, the, the good Samaritan, he poured on oil and wine. He was able to do it because he had it. You will have it if you enlarge your capacity by giving the King of Glory your focus. Now's not the time to spend half your life on Netflix. Now's not the time to, to be in survival mode and numbing your pain in whatever way you can do it. But instead, like the woman with the jars, she was in pain. She was in trouble. Listen, her sons were about to be sown in, sold into slavery. But instead of continuing on about the complaint, when she heard the instruction, she gave herself diligently to doing what the Lord said. I'm going to get every jar I can find. I'm going to get my family involved in doing what the Lord is doing right now and the result was the oil kept flowing the oil will keep flowing as we with all diligence give ourselves to beholding him to adding to our faith virtue knowledge self-control perseverance all the wonderful virtues of God Godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. Hallelujah. For if these things are yours and abound, you'll neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I want to finish today's program by sharing this powerful testimony. Our friend's life was saved by the voice of God. I want you to just share the testimony because I thought that was so amazing. Yeah, so Monday night, felt this word it, uh, of Holy Spirit just saying, you know, go and sleep on the couch. And, and I thought, uh, it seems kind of odd to go sleep on the couch. And it kind of stuck with me for a few minutes to the point, well, I just went with it and kind of grabbed my blanket and 
went to the couch and felt kind of silly doing it because I don't sleep on the couch really. And literally less than five minutes later, I heard this super loud just cracking and splintering of timber outside. This giant gum tree crashed into the side of the house and just right on top of my bedroom where I was just a few minutes earlier. I just sat there just, just like, wow, thank you, Jesus, is, is the only thing you can say. The Lord saved his life by speaking to him and through his obedience. I want to encourage you, listen to the voice of God. He is for you and he wants to protect you.